Welcome to The Future Strategist with James Miller. Today, my guest is Gregory Cochran, and we're going to talk about Brian Kaplan's book, The Case Against Education, Why Education is a Waste of Time and Money. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Oh, fine. Yeah, I think we should be fair. I think he's only saying it's mostly a waste of time and money. Yes. Not yes. entirely. Yes, not entirely wasteful. There, there are some useful things. I think he likes nursing schools. And some engineers use, learn a few useful things. Um, well, um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question, what things get used. But uh, I suspect that uh, my education was unusual enough. I mean, most people aren't physics majors, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I've heard. Hard to understand. No, but... extraordinarily wasteful if most people were physics majors. I mean, that would probably be civilization ending. Oh, no, it would finally begin. Well, what, what useful work would get done? I mean, well, you don't have to uh, be an academic. Gotcha. Uh, and I could tell you, there's an interesting pattern of people who are educated in physics and who go forth and uh, do surprisingly good things in other areas. Which is entirely consistent with the signaling theory of education. Um, well, it's also consistent with the possibility. Well, there's a couple of possibilities. One is they weren't average people in the first place. Right. The other possibility, not exclusive, is that they actually learned something doing physics. So I don't know. Uh, it's, why don't we talk about the signaling theory of education for listeners who aren't familiar with that? Certainly. So, um, so the idea is that education, at least higher education, it might not be teaching you new skills. Rather, it's certifying that you're a high-quality person. So we, we observe that college graduates earn much higher salaries on average than non-graduates do. But as, of course, I'm sure everyone knows, correlation isn't causation. And we have to figure out what's going on, what's, cause it, what, what's causing this or what's correlated with this. And what Brian suggests is mostly college is not helping you become a better person, helping you get better at thinking, helping you acquire skills, even acquiring connections. What it's doing is when you graduate from a good college, you're proving to employers that you're smart, you're diligent, and you're a reasonable conformist, and these are the traits that colleges value. An analogy that Brian uses is a sculptor versus an appraiser. So the sculptor will, will take a, a block of stone and make it more valuable. An appraiser will make the stone more valuable merely by observing, hey, this is, high, this is a high-quality statue. And Kaplan thinks that professors such as myself are more appraisers than sculptors. Does that seem like a... I think it's probably mostly true. I think some of it depends upon the course of studies that you that you that you take, uh, what you, what you major in, for example. Uh, I think that, um, for example, there are things which actually are useful in thinking. I don't think it teaches you how to think, but there are tools that are useful in understanding many questions and and figuring out things to do. One of them, of course, is mathematics. The average person going to college does not actually learn a whole lot of mathematics. In fact, if you're careful, I think you can avoid it entirely in many places. But math is a key that opens many different doors. Uh, is that really true? I mean, I know there's some professions where you need a lot of math, but isn't for most you probably never see more than arithmetic and addition and maybe some division? Um, in terms of total fraction of the population, you're probably right. But uh, there are a lot of problems that do get solved by people who think mathematically. Uh, of course, one of the things is after they solve them, you can usually reduce this to some set of procedures that other people can do who don't necessarily have to uh, uh, know the math, but the math was involved in developing it. I mean, you know, every time you drive a car, there's a lot of mathematical insight that was involved to uh, in the in, de in designing a car, mm -hmm. uh, in designing um, a diesel engine and so forth. Uh, but you don't have to know it, but someone had to know it. Yes. Uh, um, like if you use an iPod, you doesn't mean you actually have to understand how transistors work, but somebody did. 
Well, yeah, uh, and if you eat food, you don't not you don't have to understand how it's grown, but someone had to. Well, no one ever had to understand that. Uh, I mean, although we somewhat do now, people certainly went for thousands of years without. But a lot of inventions, a lot of the more you know the more important technical developments, the things that you know put us at an advantage over the Greeks and Romans, are things that in fact do involve quite a bit of mathematics. Uh, and uh, again, you don't. Doesn't mean everybody has to know it to use it. And if they did, that would mean it was sort of awkward. But uh, but they are, but they are the basis of a whole lot of things we do. But that's but you know it's certainly true that most people come out of college in their whole careers don't end up using very much math. Um, I have, but I you know have done atypical things. I think uh, you probably used a fair amount. Well, I use it, but in part because I use calculus examples in my game theory class. So, yes, I use calculus, but I use it to teach calculus to other people. So it's kind of cheating to say it's valuable to me. Um, yeah, uh, but there are uh, problems that uh, – uh, there. Are, I mean, I've solved things. That, I mean, um, by you know thinking about something mathematically where most of the people working on that problem didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh and I find it useful, but again, I don't claim to be typical. Uh, uh, in fact, I think it's important, probably important for me every single moment to realize that the fact that I like some, like the fact that I like a TV series, is a pretty good indication it's going to be canceled real soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, you, you can't extrapolate from how good education is from everyone to how good it happened to be for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, and 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 I would still say the majority of things. I learned in school. I have not used. I haven't used all of them. I maybe have used forty percent or something, which is probably a lot higher than average. Uh, uh, I mean, some of them could have been useful if I'd taken other jobs, but most of the time I only took one at a time, rather than you know trying to do everything in sight. Uh, so, for example, I took some number theory, in, which, mainly because I liked it, uh, and I was, uh, but uh, and I haven't used it. But there were – I have been offered jobs where I would have used it. I just didn't end up taking them because you had to use a key to go to the bathroom in that place. Uh, uh, so cryptology kind of things. Yes, uh, NSA. Uh, so – but, you know, there it would – you know, they like that. They use it. Yes. Uh, but uh, – um, and, of course, in one sense that has a certain value because if you know things that would allow you to do more than one thing – you have more choices, which is sometimes useful. Yeah, but uh, teaching calculus to a huge number of high school students and college students is really not a good way of getting the tiny number of people who end up working for the NSA or doing, you know, very mathy jobs. You may be right. Uh, the uh, I remember a couple of examples. I've still never seen uh, something in the in, in the income taxes where you actually have to take a square root. <laughs> Uh, although if I were writing these laws, I guarantee you, you would. Uh, just it would be good for your character. Uh, well, that would but, create a lot of jobs for people who can take square roots. The tax accountants would then have to be able to do that. So yes, yes. Uh, uh, or what was another example I was thinking of? Um, uh, I was reading um, a book about uh, computer language, Python, mm-hmm. and they talked. Uh, the two authors talked about an exotic data type. They said, you know, it exists. You could use it. And, and of the two who had both been writing code for about 20 years, one said he'd used it once. The other said he'd never used it once at all. And that exotic data type was called a complex number, uh, <laughs> uh, which struck me as interesting. But, you know, the majority of coding isn't doesn't involve a terrible amount of mathematics. Uh, there are there is mathematics involved sometimes in a figure often in figuring out efficient ways to do that, but to a very large extent, you don't have to understand it yourself. You you use a package that somebody else has developed. Right. Uh, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, but somebody does have to do it. But uh, but I don't I don't think Kaplan is talking about that. He's talking to the vast majority of people who uh, take a bunch of stuff who don't like taking it who. Uh, uh, don't remember much of it, and if they did, they'd never use it. I think that's there's at least a fair amount of truth in that. Oh, I more, think he, more than a fair amount. He's definitely right. I mean, there, as Kaplan writes, I mean, the early stuff, learning how to read, learning basic arithmetic, that's extremely useful. 
and that's certainly worth teaching everyone. But you know, after middle school or so, most of the stuff you learn isn't that useful for your life for most people. Well, there is a consideration which I don't think Kaplan touches upon, but strikes me as just possibly interesting, which is you know, a surprising fraction of these people are actually allowed to vote, and uh, since in some sense they're supposed to be evaluating. Like, should we be, you know, should um, Airstrip 1 be at war with East Asia or not? Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt, you'd think, if they at least knew where the countries in the world were or something. Uh, you know, really, the, what it takes to be a good voter is actually much harder than the average uh, job. Uh, but involves wider knowledge. And he doesn't talk about that, but it is at least conceivable that – Although we also know this doesn't stick very well, but little of it sticks, uh, that this may actually play a role in you know how screwed up the whole country is. If nobody knew anything outside uh, their job, which is probably reasonably close to true anyhow, but suppose it was exactly true, uh, that would mean that you know your typical uh, plumber would not even know there was such a place as Afghanistan, uh, even if. Which, and by the way, they typically don't, uh, which as far as I can tell is also true of the typical Ivy League graduate. Uh, but uh, it's possible that some of that knowledge, uh, which seems useless, might be useful in your function as a citizen. Well, we can actually generalize that where, you know, you don't have to understand medicine, but you do have to pick a doctor. You don't have to know about plumbing, but you have to be able to pick a plumber. So is there a, some kind of knowledge that it helps you pick an expert and – it's sad you call politicians experts, but you're kind of doing that. You're saying, I've got to delegate authority to someone else. How do I go about that? Well, my personal method is to try to know a lot more about it than they do. Okay, that, works. That's not going to work Works for fairly people. well. Well, are professors worse than useless? Are we like you know, um, medieval doctors where we're doing well, more there's, um, That's an interesting question. I don't think they kill you very often, and that, that's a well, positive thing to now, say. They, they take four years of your life. So, you know, they, they're, they're taking a little bite of your life and they're taking a big bite of your income. Well, everything takes a, uh, yeah. a big bite of, of, of your – anything you do takes a bite of your time. If, right. if you're sitting around watching baseball, you could say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and if you like it – now, one thing that Kaplan was saying, which is undoubtedly true, but I have to think about it because it's not true for me. He said mm -hmm. everybody hates classes. They don't like – they don't pay much attention. They uh, – uh, they take the easiest courses they could, and I think that's largely true. I mean, the you know the the easiest courses that fulfill the requirements. Yeah. Uh, now, since I always took the hardest ones I could, this seems alien to me, but it's also I also know that's the way people really are. Uh, but uh, I I did that. I don't actually know why. Some perverse thing probably. Uh, but I used to, for example, you would have uh, requirements outside your major. And, and typically they would have at least two versions of them. They'd have one version for the people majoring in that subject, mm -hmm. and they'd have another one which is for these people who are forced to, and it's watered down. I would always take the one for majors, which okay. because I'm a nut, I, I guess. Uh, but uh, I had this confused idea that we were there to learn stuff, and I had not read Kaplan's book probably because it hadn't been written yet, uh, and he was only you know six years old at the time or something. Well, so – all of students ask me if they, you know, is it a bad idea to take a course you might not do well in? And I always say, well, you should figure out what your career is going to be. If you want to be a lawyer, you need to get into the best law school. The grades matter a lot. If you're going to work for your father, no, take the course you think you get the most out of. You'll enjoy the most. So there are different games you have to play depending on uh, what's true, required. True, but, you know, and I, I didn't want to play them. But but they, they existed. Most I don't people think that don't surprises know. people who follow your blog that you did want to play the careerist games. Oh uh, well, I figured. I mean, I was doing things <laughs> that gave me a reasonable chance of getting a job. I just, uh, I mean, like one reason I didn't care too much about the grades I was getting was uh, that I had a scholarship that didn't have you know you know some scholarships say you have to keep up a certain grade point. For some reason, this one didn't. So I said, okay, I don't care. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said, well, well, how are you going to grad school? I said, well, I, I think I'll manage. Uh, I wasn't too worried about it. I mean, I didn't do that. I didn't do particularly bad. I just didn't care if I did bad. Uh, so I might take, you know, an overload of things. And I would, there were times I kind of wondered if I'd lost my mind. But I said, but I'm here. I'm, I'm, why don't I see if I can learn something? But, but, my, but again, not typical. 
my guess is from you know following you for a while you don't have the non-conformist you don't have the the conformist trait that a lot of businesses want you're you're not the all right i'm gonna even though i think it's just kind of dumb my boss wants me to do it so i'm just gonna do it even though i think it's stupid and i'll keep quiet so you you know oh, i've done that but not every time they wanted me to <laughs> yeah so you're, you're missing that one third component that you know graduating from college signals um of course you know i wonder how um just because business wants it doesn't mean that's actually optimal for them uh and I would say that more generally that, you know, let's suppose that business is typical is to a large extent using degrees of signaling. Yeah. Uh, um, but that doesn't actually mean that's optimal hiring policy for, for business. Uh, I mean, if, if we can run education in a way that isn't very optimal, it's at least at least you'd want to check to see if the choices business making business makes in hiring are actually very close to optimal. Yeah. I mean, in this book, Kaplan sort of assumes that, well, business must know what it's doing on the hiring question. Mm -hmm. But I say, I think the only way they'd actually know is if they kind of systematically tested. And I don't actually think they do very much. Uh, I mean, that's like saying, you know, doctors must know what they're doing. I said, well, today, sometimes, uh, in the well, past, no. Hiring uh, is really difficult. So it's, it just it probably isn't a right thing to do. But Kaplan would argue, you know, government spends so much money on education that it's just easy for businesses to look at your college. They don't have to worry about, you know, what but kind is of that a good, to give is, you. Is, how efficient is that for different – I mean, I can certainly think of examples where people don't. They don't care terribly. They care some. But, for example, if you're trying to be, you know, a fairly serious uh, coder, mm -hmm. uh, they don't care a whole lot. I've heard that's one exception where you can get a very good job without going to college – but that's because they can quickly verify if you know how to code and you're not customer facing. So if you that's have some weird important. ticks, yeah, they're like, okay, we can just put you in the back over there. And as long as you're not going to sexually harass anyone, we'll, we'll be fine with you. And we can tell in 20 minutes, we'll give you some coding problem. And that's not true for most jobs. Um, probably is becoming decreasingly true. Uh, I mean, I think that it probably wasn't that hard to tell in a lot of factory jobs, if somebody could do it. I mean, I don't know if you could do it in 20 minutes, but I don't think it took more than a week in many cases. Uh, but I think that that may be coming less true, particularly in the large number of jobs that nobody can quite figure out what you're doing at all. Uh, yeah. The, uh, But uh, uh, anyhow, I, I, I would say for sure, if somebody has not statistically tested the way they do things, I don't think they know it's the best way. And uh, I also know that most companies – when they talk about uh, you know the people involved in these decisions, mm -hmm. the actual people that uh, are doing at least in engineering type things, they usually have contempt for them. You know they talk about you know HR as a place where you put all the people that you were too dumb to do anything else, mm -hmm. uh, and that makes you wonder if they're doing a perfect job. Uh, I wonder though if that's not HR's fault. If there's a lot of rules you have to follow, anti-discrimination laws. And, you know, the people hiring don't want to have to follow them. They want to be able to pick who they want to pick. And HR is there to say, no, I'm sorry, you have to follow these rules so we don't get sued. And they get mad at HR. And it's HR's job just to, to kind of take it. To a very large extent, I mean, you know, when, when people in it say, again, I'm, I know more about engineering and science places. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I haven't lived every possible life, and which would be interesting, actually. <laughs> yes. Uh, Unless but, the uh, multiverse theory is true, then you have lived every possible life, but that's probably besides um, the point. Every possible life for you, it's still a finite set. If you know, you're, you probably don't have a lot of alternate histories where you're eight feet tall. Uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, uh, to a very large extent, people figure are always figuring out ways to get around HR. They know somebody, they or they know what he's done, and they say we want him. And they usually get him too. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it's an awful large. Part of even in large companies, the hiring is done not through the regular uh, HR. Uh, they have a system. Supposedly things happen through it, but in my experience, at least half of them didn't. Uh, yeah, you get jobs through networking, through connections. Uh, network or accomplishments, or because other people, you, there's a community and people know each other. Uh, it's not so much, well, at least in the places I knew, it wasn't just whether you knew people, although that was useful. It was also whether you knew that they could do things. And probably uh, that you knew they weren't a psychopath or, you know, you, you knew they didn't have some hidden character deficit that's really going to hurt your company. Um, I think the psychopaths, I mean, for one thing, psychopaths aren't all that common. If you never paid attention to it, you wouldn't run into a lot of them. Uh, but uh, 
Um, getting along with people, it sometimes mattered. Uh, uh, and again, if the guy's worked anywhere else, again, you'll be, you can often find out things. Again, usually not through official channels. If you try to get a recommendation, people will usually lie. I mean, they'll, they will not typically say negative things that they're afraid of getting sued for. But by the way, people can worry about, like when you talk about, I, we have to do X because of affirmative action, or we, we can't use an IQ test in hiring. A lot of those statements aren't really true that people are, um, what was it, Nimzovich said, you know, the threat is more powerful than the execution. Uh, we were talking about Uber. You know, Card, if you had looked at the laws on the books, Uber was totally impossible, right? Right. They just violated all of them. Yeah. Turns out that people didn't have enough energy to want to enforce them in, mo in many places. And, you know, yeah, uh, it is probably easy to get on an IQ test if it's true that like so many things are effectively an IQ test. If you give someone a coding problem, it's basically an IQ test given that you've places, studied coding. At places like Microsoft and other places uh, in some technical areas, they'll just give you one because they, they said, well, they never come for us. People like us. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, or we have something on them, say if they're at Google or Facebook or something. I, I don't know why, but they do do it. Uh, and sometimes it's not just coding. They'll, you know, they'll ask, you know, they'll ask what we used to call Fermi questions, which is, can you just estimate this off the top of your head? You know, how many piano tuners are there in Chicago? Oh yeah, uh, those are the management consulting questions, right there. Yeah, but the point is, those are mostly things that are reasonably close to IQ test. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the other thing is they're doing it at one remove and they said, well, you know, we can't give you an IQ test. So, you know, who knows? Sure, you graduated from Caltech, but who knows if you're smart or not? Yeah. Uh, 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 so uh, that is a function. But I'll tell you, it's it's a kind of a real sloppy way of doing it. But what I'm saying is I don't know if you came a lot – if you had a – suppose you had a close to optimal method of hiring for right. a given industry. I'm not convinced it would look very much like the way we do it now. Well, you've got, is, to, you've got to distinguish between optimal for the company and optimal for society. Well, there's three or four levels here. You can have optimal for the company, which we will assume for what some purposes is you know, making money for the shareholders. Yeah. But you could have different definitions. You could say making the people working there happy who are mostly not the shareholders. Yeah. Or you could say – I mean there's some companies that the more competent people hire, the worse we all are. I mean, you know, do we really want a casino that's incredibly good at sucking people into the casino? Yeah. I mean, it's probably not socially useful. But uh, another thing, which by the way, there's something Kaplan says, which I think is probably wrong. Uh, he was mentioned, this is, you know, far into the book, but he's talking about, well, some people might worry that people are learning things that aren't even true at college. By the way, that is a consideration. Yes, yes. Uh, and, uh, but he says, but for example, they might say, well, you know, you have some, some guy who used to be – was raised a Republican. We sent him off to the Ivy League and now he is uh, uh, you know, he is an aide-de-camp to uh, uh, Kim Il-sung or something like that. Uh, and uh, he said, that doesn't really happen. I said, but it does really happen. Well, I mean I'm sure he's wrong. I mean like I mean, why did the average person coming out of college in 1960 in Russia – Say he was a communist. I said, well, there were incentives and there were uh, punishments, but probably because that's kind of what he'd been taught. Yeah. And, you know, why do people in certain kinds of college and so forth come out saying things that are, A, not what they were saying before, and by the way, not even true? Like, you get to the point where there are certain ideas which are have been systematically promulgated. You know, they probably had to. They were attractive to some people. They may now be commonly said in a in let's say an expensive university. Mm -hmm. They aren't true. You get to the point where the majority of people who are in a position to have any influence on this are products of such education, mm -hmm. and it's perfectly possible that everybody does that. At least the country ends up doing stupid things because of stupid things being taught. Uh, yeah. yeah, of course you you. You have to ask what would what would there be what would the beliefs be in the absence of these things? It's not well. Maybe no they do less. That's a that's that's a sort of libertarian goal. Uh, the um, um, like I remember, I think was this was somebody recently, Megan McArdle. Yeah, oh, was saying uh, she was saying that uh, uh, charter schools haven't actually worked out the way. That uh, people of her general political orientation, I will call them roughly speaking libertarians, right. uh, they haven't worked out the way that we thought. Uh, they haven't had much effect. And I said, 
well, they worked out exactly the way I thought. Yeah. What's your problem? Well, they, I, I mean, they kids seem to like them more, and they're cheaper to run. They haven't really raised test scores, but well, that was the the most important thing is they were supposed to be actually learning more, and that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Brian would say, even if they did raise test scores, so what? Why did the fact that you can now do better on your French exam mean we've somehow had some social improvement given that you're probably not well, going to use French I mean, in your job? The average person, you know, has there are different. You know, people in different percentiles have different reading abilities, and there are certainly more complex jobs that you might be able to do if you read better. I mean, I don't guarantee it, but it's at least possible. But the thing is, I don't think it is very possible to do it. Yeah, Brian uh, gets into that. Right? He calls that transfer. That's the idea that learning chess doesn't make you better at learning strategy in general. That when you learn one narrow task, you really get better at that narrow task, but it doesn't transfer, and so. Basically, we don't know how to teach people how to think other than, I guess, with like arithmetic and basic logic and you know basic reading. Um, there's something to that. There isn't much FAR transfer. I would claim there's something kind of like it. For example, if you, used, if you learned to do a fair amount and understand a fair amount of statistics, and some people can. Most people who can don't. Yeah. But there's a lot of problems, a lot of questions that they would answer more accurately if they could. I mean, that's not technically – it doesn't make you smarter at other things, but it gives you tools that are useful in many things. From what I mean, I, I can say from, that about learning to read. From what I remember from Brian's book, I'm not sure I quite have this right, but he said there are tests where they have a statistics class and you, know, you see you're taught a certain concept. And then they ask you a question where it's pretty clear they're going back to that concept, but a lot of people don't apply what they learn in statistics to this slightly you know, less abstract idea. Well, that's true, but the point is, if even some do, it might yeah. at least have some utility. Yeah. Uh, uh, there actually, but in that sense, I think there is, you know, uh, if if you learned, if you learned, um, you know, some concepts of mathematics have pretty wide utility, which is reason that people use them all over the place. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, there are people who would do better at their jobs if they could. And and, and we're, I think I'm talking. In a fair fraction of the time. Again, this is not a huge fraction of all people, but let's suppose. Let's suppose, um, uh, for example, uh, I had a friend, uh, still a friend, who was uh, he was pretty good at mathematics. He got his PhD at Caltech when he was in math when he was 24. He was actually pre he's still pretty good at it, and he was married to somebody at the time who was an MD, and she would be talking about various kinds of cancer therapies and said, well, we tried this on them and we tried this on them. And, and he, he would be helping her occasionally with running some of the numbers on it. And I, I hung out there all the time, played with their children, uh, tried to steal food from them and so forth. And uh, But I once asked him years later, I said, since the number of people in that trial was eight, you know damn well that there wasn't any point in doing any statistics on it at all. Uh, if we're talking about moderate differences – uh, I mean, if they were, it's, and he said, "Well, I knew that, but you know, I didn't want to get in a fight or anything." I said, "He's, he's I told you, he's not just smart; he's a lot smarter than I am." Uh, uh, but uh, uh, medicine as a whole is full of people doing that, doing like you know, there are major research initiatives, for example, that people will start. And again, if you knew, if you understood it a bit better, some of which would involve mathematics, sometimes other things as well, you'd say that's just completely ridiculous. It'll, it can't possibly work. Uh, uh, and um, which I'd say every now and then, and mostly I've turned out to be right. The point is, there could be gains, and th those are social gains too. Some of these things, you know, the, either not solving a problem or solving it wrongly is very expensive. But uh, but anyhow, in terms of like you know, Kaplan, and this isn't one of his major points, but he seems to think you know people are not systematically shifted in one direction or another in terms of say ideology by college. Right. But he's wrong. Uh, they are. It's, it seems to be a particularly malleable time uh, in life. Uh, you know, people often – you won't know anything about this, but some people, people tend to pick their favorite bands, their, you know, their musical <laughs> things and so forth around college, and they often stick to them for the rest of their lives. Uh, uh, you know, the, no, mind you, the, I agree with him wholly on the bit about the average person, you know, they don't retain that much. That is true. I mean right. – uh, um, and I don't know how to do anything about it uh, other than, you know, you know, give them electrical shocks when they start to forget or something. But uh, – and that's certainly criticism against all education too. You want to think of the final output. 
I mean, the fact that if somebody did well at an exam and then he forgets every single bit of it and it's not available to have any influence on the rest of his life, clearly that's a waste. People often try to measure educational accomplishment by looking at intermediate steps. Uh, And I think that's just always wrong. I mean, it's a little bit like the Soviet Union. People were more interested in producing steel than they were in producing steel products Mm -hmm. to the point where they ended up with little – you know, uh, uh, ingots of low-grade steel stacked up in unused churches in uh, in rural all over rural Russia, uh, because they said, well, the plan said, you know, make more steel. They didn't say to do anything with it. But it's, uh, it's really hard though to measure this because we really don't even care what the students learn. We we ultimately care how will this make their lives better, and how do you determine that? I mean, you, you can't look at wages necessarily. Because, you know, yeah, going to Harvard raises your wage, but that's true if the signal theory is right, and Harvard even decreases your value to the real world. So, oh, I think there's all kinds of evidence for that. <laughs> yeah, I know you would think that. But, um, uh, but you know, um, the thing is, the signaling is, I think it's largely true, but it's true within a certain context. Uh, for example, uh, let's be, you know, he's assuming companies know what they're doing. I said. I think he's uh, assuming companies know more what they're doing than, say, a government agency doing the same thing would. But I don't have any evidence for that. Well, the uh, general success of capitalism is. Well, but remember, capitalism, all we have to compare it with is stuff like communism, which was ridiculous. I mean, there's a big. For all you know, well, there are all sorts of. Sim- societies, if they were developing iPhones, I would say, yeah, whatever they're doing is a better system. But that is not, you know, a lot of that difference isn't. Um, a lot of that doesn't have to do with capitalism. I mean, look, theoretically, you probably have capitalism in Nigeria, and they're still not developing any iPhones, okay? Uh, but uh, uh, I mean, I think you know maybe I'm more radical than Kaplan. I said any particular thing, if nobody's ever checked – I mean, in some things, I, I will believe you probably need to eat or you fall over after a while. But there's an awful lot of customs which can be common, standard, but that doesn't mean they actually work. We know a plenty of examples of things that existed for thousands of years that don't. Medicine is a good example. It companies didn't. must be keeping track of how well different employees do and whether it's worth it. Like whether, when Walmart picks a manager, should they pick someone who's gone to college or should they promote someone from within who never went to college but was a greeter in their store? They must have huge amounts of data on well, that. Well, Walmart might, but I've never seen any evidence that they do. Well, but they're not going to they show might, it to us. They, they don't might want not. Target, they might know. not. But on most places like this, uh, I've never heard any time in my life that there was any sign anybody had ever made a systematic inquiry into it. And my working hypothesis is the reason that I've never heard of it is because it doesn't happen very much. I won't. I can't prove it's zero, but I'm pretty sure it isn't very much. Uh, is that really true? I mean, firms do a lot of hiring, and they hire a lot of people who didn't go to college, and some of those people get promoted up to high positions. They must they must make comparisons, I, I would think. It, it's more well, expensive we, to hire college We'll be able to graduates. find all sorts of literature on this, right? Uh, there's a I huge don't... literature on education. I am not familiar with much of it, so I, it, there could well be I mean, it, it could be, point. but I don't think so. I mean, I um, um, and also, again, there are things like conformity. The question is um, – I mean, for example, again, everybody has their own priorities. Mike, I said, well, uh, I once read a, re- uh, a review of somebody's, uh, you know, it was a, an evaluation of somebody who said, uh, uh, this guy is more creative than anybody else in the department, you know, solves the mathematical problems, but it's not always that easy to get along with. I can't remember how I got a copy of that. Uh, but uh, or here was another statement that I uh, somebody else said said, you know, there's a certain class of people that cause half of your problems and all of your ideas. <laughs> um, and But if, if a company, for example, I could think of companies where they didn't want those ideas. But in the, even in the medium run, they were kind of wrong. Uh, 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 so, uh, you know, conformism, you know, it, it might be comfortable for the guy running a given department. It doesn't mean it's the best long-term decision. Uh, uh, I mean, if... Uh, but, I mean, on the other hand, I guess you, if you had somebody who's actually thinking of burning down the plant, that, that could easily be a mistake. I, I understand that. But uh, employee, I, A bad I, employee could do a lot of damage. So well, They hire those. I mean, a lot of those are the most conformist of all. Uh, 
Um, I mean, damage where you get in legal trouble or, you know, you get... I was just thinking of... Uh, stuff gets stolen. I was thinking of, you know, like, uh, run the country into in the company into the ground so it becomes bankrupt. I mean, well, that, there are... You know, that happens. Uh, yeah. And it's after a while, it seems to be something people want to do. I mean, they make choices that are pretty often that, you know, you see are obviously going in that direction, maybe for decades. Uh, and they said, but but we'd rather do that. Uh, uh Anyhow, I think it wouldn't do any harm to check to see how much evidence there is that uh, given, you know, the typical hiring policies are actually all that sensible. Okay, but even if the policies are entirely sensible, it still could be that college is a waste because if if every, you know, smart, diligent conformist goes to college and those really are the people you want to hire – We'd be better not having as many smart, diligent conformists going to college if the college isn't helping them become better. That that could well be, but then how come they they never notice it? I mean, I mean, like if if there were other ways to demonstrate your competence and uh, your um, conformity, you know, the qualities they like. I mean, I would be surprised if there aren't faster ways than four years. Well, from the point of view of a company, though, it's not four years. It's oh, you went to this college. Here's your GPA. It's twenty seconds. And that's what's you know relevant to them. Now, how but, there are, it, but there are people on the other end who could save you know three point seven five years, and somehow none of them have ever gotten around to do anything that somehow is very convincing to the companies. What uh, could they do? I mean, a lot of game there. There's equilibria where it's a bad equilibria, but you can't escape. And so, what what could you do if you're a smart? That can happen, but I think there's a lot of ways to escape this. The um, uh, well, let's suppose we had a college professor who was a subversive. I mean, we've certainly had college professors who wanted to destroy the United States. Maybe there's some that want to destroy the university, uh, but in a good way. So, so let's suppose there had been anybody uh, who said, well, we're trying some alternate measures that are cheaper. Cheaper probably for the, the student. All right. I mean, like if nothing else, it takes less time. Maybe you don't have to borrow $150,000. Suppose we could find other methods that were – I mean, again, I don't even see anybody I, – I don't see much looking. And the companies don't seem to want to hear it, and I'm not sure that they're rational as to the reasons why. Uh, well, it's not their job to change the education system, and if they no, were to put their effort I mean, into it, that would, you know, that would detract from their, their main purpose and probably from their profit-making. Um, I mean, most companies should try to improve the electrical system and the medical system. They have this vaguest idea what they're doing, and I've certainly never seen it, uh, uh, although my experience is limited. I mean, when I hear about you know how the market would see through this, I said, I don't think they do. I mean, by the way, I think they might someday, and then things might look differently. I mean, it's possible for people to do things that are, you know, to make a great new innovation that makes everything worse. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, – which is also a sign of general non-optimization if people rant, you know, routinely do things. I mean, uh, you know, it is true that this is the way they do it now, mm-hmm. to an extent. I mean, obviously there are other things that happen. There are different kinds of personal connections and so forth. People don't usually just look only at the GPA and the school attended, but it's a big part of it. Uh, yeah, especially but, for jobs when you're in your early twenties. Yes. Uh, I think that's probably true. I mean, we have community colleges. They're cheap. They just take two years, probably less if you were, you know, a smart, diligent conformist and can do the work quickly. But you don't have top firms. You don't get really large salaries if you go to a community college. Why um, isn't that not, enough? Combined with, you know, high SAT scores, maybe even an acceptance letter from an elite college, but say no instead. That acceptance letter would be letter would be an interesting thing to try. Uh, but clearly there are benefits to both the student and the society if you can get the same uh, suppose that we would actually like to sort on some kind of combination of, of native ability and skills right uh, you know plus you know something magic that says you know this guy is a reasonable person to work with or something uh, but you know it's amazing how little interest there is anywhere I mean you'd think the government would be a little interest I mean they are in things like the military they will use standardized tests and pay more attention to them than your high school grades or something. Well, can you become an officer without going to college in the U.S. military? Rarely. I mean, they used to have, uh, I mean, they may still do a little of this, but there's certainly been cases in the past, A, because the average level of education was lower. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and also you'd have things like battlefield promotions. Uh, you know, if somebody, you know, if everybody else is killed and some sergeant, you know, leads his guys, saves all of them and wins the battle, they were known occasionally to promote them. Although, you know, the fraction of higher officers that were like this was low, um, very low. But, you know, there were a few. In the Navy, guys who were promoted up from the ranks were called Mustangs. Um, mm-hmm. They had some. They didn't end up being admirals. By the way, there have been times in the past in which people did do this. Uh, that occasionally happened with the British Navy. They could have guys who were admirals who had started out as an ordinary sailor, and that probably meant they had nothing similar to a college education. But, mm-hmm. see, the British um, Navy was had been fighting you know the french for about you know 25 years or something at this point and they had a they could had a lot of they could see what people were like what they could do um and and also they actually cared a whole lot about winning which is not always the case i mean for example uh there are certainly major corporations that uh uh clearly they have a lot of other priorities that as far as you can tell are uh, higher than actually getting an absolute perfect version of the job done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, Google recently has probably shown they care. There's other things they care about more than just making money. Now, to be fair, if they stopped making money, I think they might reevaluate things. Yes. Uh, in fact, some of the things Google has talked about, has been interested in and spent serious money on, uh, that has not made any money, I kind of respect them for it, except unfortunately they all failed. Uh, you know, their main... Um, you know their main, uh, their main, and uh, almost only cash flow is from their uh, internet advertising function. Right. But they have gotten interested in other things. They're, you know, these people would like to be making self-driving cars, and they would like to be making better solar cells, and they would like to be doing, you know, various other things. But none of those other things have. They've even had some technical successes, but they haven't made any money on any of them, as far as I know, uh, mm-hmm. and to the point where they're having to cut back on their those other things. Uh, it, uh, which is, I mean, I kind of admire them for trying it because a lot of those things would probably have more social long-term significance. I mean, I think there were times in which some of these guys were talking about we, we're, we're going to get involved in developing new medical theories and therapies. And we'll oh, they're still doing that. They're working on anti-aging. Yeah, but have so they gotten they anywhere? I mean, well, it's, we don't know. <laughs> they haven't. Uh, been well, I've talked to some people in these areas, and I didn't get the impression they knew anything I didn't. Brian makes the point that these companies generally don't give a damn what college professors think, except for grading. So I've had a few of my students that get jobs at Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs has never contacted me. Jim, what do you think of financial markets? I'm sure if I tried to talk to them about it, they'd just get bored. Yet, you, mean, you mean they won't pay you $300,000 for every little talk? They, they wouldn't spend five minutes. It wouldn't be worth five minutes of their time to talk to me about what I think of the world. But a, you can't get well, a job from Well, they might be Smith. wrong. I mean, maybe not $300,000 worth. But yeah, go ahead. But yet Gold, here, to get here, a job I'm, at Goldman Sachs, if you take my class, you kind of got to get an A in it. And, you know, why, why, do, why do these elite schools, why do these elite companies care so much what professors think about their students, about the grade they give students, but generally don't care at all what professors think? Uh, well, I think you're pointing out this may not be entirely logical, but, for example, when I was talking about, when we were talking about, you know, can you become uh, uh, somebody high up in the armed forces without going through college, to an extent, it's not just college, it's the service academies. Uh they do have more people than that who get to high rank, but it's really concentrated in West Point graduates and Annapolis graduates. And there have been times in the past, like in World War II, they had to vastly expand the Navy. I mean, you have, you know, they had 10 times as many ships. And they couldn't uh, have an Annapolis graduate commanding every ship. There weren't enough of them. It was impossible. Uh, and uh, they brought in a lot of people. And for these higher ranks, they typically had. They didn't always have a college education, but they tended to have that or some college or something. And one of the things they found out uh, is that on average, they were probably better than the Annapolis graduates. They were probably smarter. Uh, 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 And and I think that they tried to get rid of them just as fast as they could uh, after After the the war war was over. over, Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, I mean – in a They're sense, government employees. Their goal is, isn't necessarily I mean, to maximize like, the. What, what if? Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody has their own goals as well as right. the corporate goal or national goals and so forth. Uh, but let's suppose Goldman Sachs found that they could find guys who are a little bit better by raiding, you know, sharp, uh, ambitious people from Idaho State, or mm-hmm. let's say including them too, uh, uh, as well as the current uh, uh, crop that they're looking at. Uh, it might be true. 
Uh, but one of the reasons is, well, the current people who are mostly the Harvard graduate types, they would be sort of be devaluing themselves. Not, you know, these young guys wouldn't immediately, but they said, you know, like one of their current stocks in trade is being an Ivy League guy. Yeah. Not the only one. I mean, they may have made money, but uh, – uh, but one of those stocks, and, and you know, they don't really want. I'm wondering if they want to really devalue their own stock and trade. Like, if the Navy said, well, "We're going to keep anybody as good, even if he didn't come in, uh, you know, through Annapolis." The Annapolis graduates may be saying, "But we don't like that idea," yeah. and it's not necessarily, you know, purely focused on how good they would be at their job. I mean, I don't know. Well, there, there's certainly Goldman Sachs has certainly been willing to add people from you know, non-U.S. countries to take the lead of China. And give them give them jobs and take you know very smart. Are they a big percentage the now of, of Goldman Sachs? I'm so. guessing. I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing it might be more India. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I maybe. But, but back to the, to Kaplan's book. Um, yes. He doesn't propose solutions. No, and he does he... a little. He wants to make college more expensive. And oh, I yes, think both, yes, that's true. Both you and I are wondering if there's not an, another way. I mean, right. you, what you were talking about was. Go to three years. Yes. So like England has college for three years. And if we went to three years, if it's mostly signaling, you know, three years is probably enough to signal you're a smart, diligent conformist. Now, if, one, if one college did it, it wouldn't work because everyone would suspect, oh, you went to that three-year school because you're a little bit lazier than you're everyone else. By the way, are there any three-year schools in this country? Uh, you certainly can get a degree in three years if you take classes oh, yeah. over the summer. But, you know, the, the same coursework. No, I think there's accreditation bodies. So to get a BA, it has to be, you know, and they come by, like, every 10 years, they come by to Smith College to make sure we're doing the appropriate things. and Much of which are the silly things. Uh, yeah, the accreditation yeah. things, you know, they're kind of like, you know, the places where that insist that you get a license in order to cut somebody's fingernails or something. Yeah, uh, well, it's part of the, you know, sort of a cartel where you have to have a certain library and, I don't know, a whole uh, bunch of things. Yeah, but again... That's actually probably – I mean he doesn't talk about it. I'm not saying he said anything wrong about it. I do believe it's kind of a factor in some of this. I'm sure there are things – The government could change that. You could you – know, the way I'd By like the way you, that you change your, your subsidizing and stuff, you could change things dramatically. What if you said uh, we've decided that subject X uh, is entirely false? And I can certainly name ones that are. I don't think that would work because let's say the government said, all right, you know, Trump said, all right, no more funding to any school that offers women's studies. You'd instantly have women's studies professors reclassified in all the other fields. All you do is you'd move them. Why? Because they'd want to keep their jobs and they, they have political influence. Why would the rest – you're assuming that – and I think correctly that the rest of the of the professors would, would, would cooperate and help with them. But why would they? Because they are t toxic nuts. Um, well – you know, for whatever reason, there's a women's studies department now. Most Even at Smith? Say, well, yeah, there, yes, shockingly, there's a rather large women's studies department. Okay. Yes, so they'd move. Are there any maybe, guys taking it? Because I could understand that. <laughs> you know, well, you know, it's at all women's colleges. There's a few guys. There probably are some guys in there. But. Things I agree with, with Kaplan. I think there's a lot of signaling. I know that that's how companies, many of them, most of them, actually operate. I'm not sure – it's as effective for them as other things might be. I think the only way you would know is to try several different things and carefully study them. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like RCT trials. You know, there's all sorts of things everybody knows ought to work, but when they actually try them, often they don't. So uh, I think you might find something that was at least a little more effective for the companies as well as being more effective for, say, students and possibly uh, general society. But, but for example uh, – you were talking about somebody, we're going to defund schools that have uh, uh, gender studies or women's studies proof. Uh, what about defunding students? I mean, like one thing we do that doesn't make a great deal of sense to me uh, is, uh, you know, student loans, as far as I know, they don't discriminate about subject very much. Uh, for undergrad, yeah, they don't. Yeah, for undergrad. I mean, I, I presume that they actually, you know, uh, you know, it's probably easier to get one as a lawyer, uh, you know, law student or med student than it is as a bubblegum student or something because, yeah. you know, they're assuming you'll make some money. But, you know, people get hit two ways. People are being subsidized to take courses that are maybe a lot of them are useless, but there's such a thing as unusually useless. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, so you're But, of course, if it's all signaling, then it's not – well Some of them are better signals than others. I have certainly mm – -hmm. 
heard well, of people. You, you want that. In a signal equilibrium, you want signals to be of different quality. You want students to distinguish themselves given they're just playing signaling games. Um, so, but you're you also suckering an 18-year-old into, into lots of debt that may be hard to ever pay off. You know, yeah, but if you're a good can't... student you, and you go to a decent school, even if you major in something of no direct value, it actually probably will pay off for you. According to the sort of things Kaplan's talking like it could be considerably less so. It could be, but that's sort of globally we could do a lot better. But for the individual students well, – but, but suppose we're trying to make things globally better. What if yes. we said we won't give you a loan for X, which we consider useless? Mm-hmm. That could be done. I mean that you wouldn't have – I mean obviously a private company could still do it. But I'll tell you, if it was just – if they weren't backed by federal things, there's they would – not many of these loans would be made. How about this even more radical idea? What if government said the smartest 1% of 18-year-olds, we're not going to let you go to college. It will be a crime for you to go to college, but we will send you a certificate saying too smart for college. Then they could get jobs directly at Goldman Sachs. We've decreased the signaling value of college signaling you're really smart because our smartest people will not be allowed to go to college. And I wonder how many people would study and Can we at least try it and then see if it works and keep it or not, depending on how – like oh, I'm not against sorry. trying things. Okay. Uh, we, yeah, we'll try it in a few states. We won't let smart people in California say go to college for one year and eh, see how they do. There probably aren't any anyhow. Uh, no, actually, I think there are. Um, um, so. But by the way, there's another thing. See, people often um, – because – partly because they don't think very statistically – like, do you know one of the reasons why a 20-year-old, 21-year-old is more mature than an 18-year-old after going through college? Their brain has grown a bit. Yeah, they're they're, they're four years older. Yeah. Uh, they they uh, like like we have interesting examples when people have done certain things that we're talking about in high school and elementary school. Uh, like when you look at uh, homeschooling, it seems not to the effects. I haven't seen a really well-controlled thing where you try to control for the demographic characteristics of the things, and you need that. But I have, very it, hard to do that. No, wouldn't. What's so hard about it? Or if you if you had you had them take a test before they went that way, then after a while you'd have an impression for you know how do, do they develop differently than going to more conventional but schools? They're going to be unusual in ways you don't know how to measure. True, but at least we could measure all the things we do know how to measure, which at least would tell you something. Uh, I mean, I have some experience. We homeschooled all of our kids through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Now, that should mean that I said, I'm sure it does better, but I'm not sure it does better, partly because N equals five, at least in my <laughs> experience. Uh, and I said, did they do terribly worse? I said, no, they did, but, you know, but my, they might have anyhow. I don't know. I mean, it was amusing sometimes, uh, like when my daughter uh, started high school mm-hmm. and she said, well, you know, this could be really hard. And I was laughing at her. Uh, and I uh and the, the funniest part was she took a vocabulary test, you know, when she was there a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and she had not taken many standardized tests. And she uh, she's got a I don't know a thirteen or something on it. I mean, she thought it was out of a hundred. I said, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's your grade level. That you maxed out on it because you have the vocabulary of somebody in college. Uh, I said, which I could have told them if they'd asked, uh, well. uh, but. Uh, and I and she still hates me mentioning this, but it's not enough to stop me. Uh, but uh, the thing is, I don't know. I mean, I know that I liked it because I got to see them more. I know that's kind of a selfish reason. I was also pretty sure that it wouldn't hurt because I don't think many things do, uh, yeah. other than being hit by a car. Uh, but I liked seeing them. Uh, and there were certain things I said. You're probably less likely to get beat up in middle school if you, by your mom. Uh, and we won't let your brothers do it, so um, they did, probably didn't want to anyhow. Uh, they mostly get along. Uh, but you know, most people are convinced of these things, and I don't think most people know. Well, did you uh, ever consider unschooling for your children to say, yeah, you know what? If well, you want to spend a few years not learning, that's fine. They they considered it all by themselves. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. But, I mean particularly in, uh, in, in middle school, I think like one potential is disadvantage is this is – well, there were a couple. One is, you know, you're suckers, you like us, you'll put up with all sorts of crap from us. Mm-hmm. There's one. The other one, which is different, is like in high school, they thought it was fun beating everybody else, and they didn't seem to feel, I mean, since they're kind of, you know, they're different ages and stuff, they don't, you know, have that competition thing going on. Right. Uh, if you're homeschooled. Uh, 
And so, I mean, but yeah, I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them went through various periods in which trying to get them to do anything was like pulling teeth. Is that home? Is that what they mean by unschooling? Uh, but you know, how much difference does it really make at the end? And I'm not convinced it makes very much. Uh, uh, I mean, the school they're going to is supposedly a not very good school, mm-hmm. but it still, you know, they've done very well anyhow. Uh, uh, I mean, I, most of the time, again, when I started saying, you know, assuming that somebody knows what they're doing on this, I said, almost every case where I can check, people don't know what they're doing. I mean, like one thing people talk about is I want to go to a good school. You know, and they spend a lot of money on real estate to encourage that, which yeah. means it has other people who can also afford that real estate and so forth. Effectively, it means, you know, it's sort of a, a higher class. You know, the people in it are members of an upper class. They have more money. Right. On average, they have more education and so forth. Now, is there a reason to believe that the teachers are wildly different? I said, well, in a lot of places, I know they're not because they're all part of the same school district. In right. Albuquerque, we have some schools like that. We have other ones, part of the same school district, you know, run with the same way, with the same text, not a whole lot different. I mean, maybe a little different because at the the school with good scores, the parents have enough money, they can pony up enough money to get a uh, a pool for the school. All right. Yeah. But, you know, the actual courses and stuff are not that different. And they said, well, yeah, but, you know, everybody, everybody, most Americans know that their kid will learn more or in some way be better for going to that school. But if it's talking about learning more, I don't think it's true. Yeah, and what, if you ask what they end up remembering, then... Even more so if we count yeah. that. Now, again, that's another thing which I have trouble... I have to think about it carefully as opposed to or just knowing by experience because I don't forget everything. <laughs> I forget some things, but I remember more than most. So when people say, well, you're not actually going to you know, remember you know, the details of some argument with, that you had with your teacher in fifth grade, I said... I do. No. Uh, I even remember some of the times she was right. <laughs> uh, or, uh, but most people don't. Uh, most people have. Um, I remember a study in which somebody did lots of, you know, psychological questions to a bunch of teenagers, and they looked at them. You know, they interviewed the same people twenty years ago, and these people couldn't even guess what they themselves had written down. Mm, that's not Although surprising. either that or they got all the file cards uh, scrambled, which is my second possible <laughs> theory. Uh, let me, but, ask, uh, go let ahead. me ask you another topic, since this is supposed to be about the, the future strategist podcast. So you know a lot about genetics and intelligence. Do you think there's a chance that we might escape the signaling college equilibrium with a Gattaca-like equilibrium, where we learn so much about genes? We, that, we, in other words, we get a genetic signal. Yeah, and, and that it, just blows that away might, the college signal. And it's a signal about conf- certainly intelligence, but also conformity. and Since everything diligence. is fairly heritable. Yeah, uh, and that's maybe. Just, but, that, you know, we have a lot of people telling college. us it didn't work, even if it did work. Uh, right now, we couldn't do it. We mm-hmm. might be able to do some of it in a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to explain, like, we can explain a little bit of the variants we found, but it seems like there's very many variants that affect intelligence, so mm-hmm. you need to know more than we do now to, to be ver- terribly useful. But, uh, yeah, we're getting there. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought about that. That would be, I mean, but already there are things you could use that nobody does. Uh, so, for example, by the way, sometimes people used to use them, although in a very sloppy way. Like, suppose you're hiring this kid, and he looks pretty good. Well, what if we gave you a new a new piece of information, which was, oh, he's Feynman's kid. Okay. Well, well, that doesn't tell you everything, but it's a plus. Yeah. You know, if you were having some sort of statistical way of estimating, is this guy maybe able to do the stuff we need? It's somewhat more likely if his if his family is full of geniuses or something. People now, probably I think do people use that though. They couldn't use it very. But the point is, even if they're just smarter than average, uh, that's information. Every extra every extra fact like that is information which you right. could use to get a somewhat better estimate on what right. they were like. I mean, you can do that even if we don't have all the genetic variants mapped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, people do things like this in um, in animal breeding, for example. You know, they, they look at the whole pedigree. They don't look at just the individual. Mm-hmm. Could you do that? Sure. That you could do now. Will we? No. I mean, um, one well, of the we might. I mean, there probably are algorithms that are being developed to try to predict I'd how. I write good it for you in a minute. Too. I mean, I'd steal it from from the people breeding pigs. Uh, they they probably are. I mean, they're probably using machine learning. Who that's is doing everything? There's no company that hires this way. Um, I think people are trying. 
I've been told people are trying to develop these algorithms for hiring. I don't know who. Well, since, I mean, con- if we're considering this stuff. sort of stuff, they already exist. There's nothing to develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not much. I mean, instead, instead of, you know, we have to be careful you translate it or we're accidentally hiring people for their lard content or something. You probably, <laughs> yes. that could, that could go bad. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you could do things like that. Now, people used to have prejudices. This they usually weren't very careful, and I'm not sure that they used them in ways that that contributed to accuracy. Mm-hmm. But people would say, uh, uh, you know, other people in your family have done well at similar tasks. We think. I mean, I mean, I can tell you a very simple example. I took geometry in high school, mm-hmm. and the teacher said, "Oh, you'll do well." I said, "How do you know? You've never, I've never had you before." He said, "I taught your mother." Mm. Okay, and that's not a ridiculous thing to say, but it's the same sort of thing. It's saying, you know, we can improve our prediction. Even after you know someone's college grades, you think knowing their parents... Not infinitely, but again, remember, we're allowed to look for other things that are less represented in the grades, but might still be of interest. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, uh, I mean, no, I'm not saying, you know, this is hard to explain to people, like saying, well, does this mean you'd know for sure? I said, no, but you're statistical accuracy would go up. Let's suppose we had an accuracy with conventional data of predicting whether this guy will be, some, by some definition, a good employee. Suppose we had an accuracy of 50%. Yeah. What if we could raise it to 60? You wouldn't be a spectacular difference in individual cases, usually. I mean, unless your father is turns out to be Charles Manson or something, maybe. Uh, but well, no, yeah, is that true? Do in you, principle, you, think, you should get something out of it. Do you think knowing that someone has a close family member who's been to prison for a violent crime, should that that should count as a negative for hiring if you're just worried about efficiency? Uh, if that's the only thing you're considering, it you would do better if you considered it, sure. Okay. How big an effect do you think that is? I don't know off the top of my head. I know that if you're talking about uh, – there's places where you have more data than any sensible person would want – Places uh, where you know, centralized records, like Scandinavian countries, like Denmark, for example, mm-hmm. uh, on crime. And uh, uh, I know that, for example, if you're an adopted kid uh, and your father, say, w- w- was convicted of something serious, your chance of getting in trouble in a, you know, not exactly the same crime, but you know, getting in trouble goes up, and but it's not influenced by who your adoptive parents are. Yeah. So, by the way, it doesn't mean it's one. I mean, it doesn't mean that if he does it, you have a probability of one. Right, it makes it a bit more likely. You no, know, this bit about you know, it's, I think a lot of people seem to have trouble with the idea of partial statistical information. But yeah. you know, it's certainly a, th- I mean, it's a thing, right? I mean, oh yeah, no, if, no. It, it suppose is. I could tell you, uh, and by the way, you could really make this pay if you didn't get too much trouble. If you said we have a way of hiring for certain things, we added another set of information, and we work. 15% better. Yeah. I mean, there'd be people be interested in it, but a lot of people would, um, you know, you get into complicated questions. People said, well, but it's not their fault that this is true. I said, well, it wasn't anybody's fault that they were smart either. Yeah. I mean, any of the things that you were counting weren't anybody's fault. But if you're interested in, oh, like, what if you wanted to get things done? Like, what if the army was picking people and said, well, what did we want to do? We want to win. You'd probably do it. If you could, I mean, nobody does it now. I mean, nobody does it in the past because at least at a, any detail, you couldn't do it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, or, or even, like, suppose we we're talking about educational things. I said, could we get extra information from test scores of the parents and siblings? I said, you probably could. You couldn't, it wouldn't work very well in the past because the total fraction of people who had such scores was pretty low. Today, you could find lots of people who's everybody in the family you had scores for. Right. And would it be helpful? I said, some. I mean, think of it as reducing the random effects a bit. Well, Brian, in his book, he says people don't put things on their resume you think they should put on, like their GRE scores or their SAT scores. We could expand that now and say no one puts their brother's SAT scores. No one put, you know, hey, look, my brother and sister and father and mom are all real smart. Here are their SAT scores. People don't put that on their resume, maybe. But, you know, when we're talking about informal context, I think it's not unknown. Mm -hmm. I think that there are people who had an edge because people said, um, like, if everybody in the family was a Nobel Prize winner, I think somebody would notice something, right? Uh, I mean, as long as it wasn't, you know, for peace or economics. The uh, that's a joke, uh, but not entirely. Uh, but uh, we beat literature, I think, in value to the world. So, move on. 
spot. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I thought that the way you won the Nobel Prize in Literature is you have to, you know, sp- write it in a language that about two million people can read, and it's in some backward part of the world, and you're complaining about something that happened two generations ago and nobody else has ever heard of. You know, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about, you know, the oppressive role of the cattle dealers in Ireland. Or, and, you know, and, uh, you know they, they like going for obscurity. I mean, it's not a virtue in itself. I mean, I'm, for all I know, you know, I can think of cases where guys who were living in the backwoods did some great things, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's a reliable way of identifying. I mean, I'd look at everybody and then I'd see what I liked. But, uh, yeah, they're pretty weird. At any rate, enough of that. But, yeah, I, and I, in principle, you should gain something. I'm not saying – Enormously, I mean, uh, I mean, for example, in any given time you take a test, particularly if you're not taking the test a lot of times, uh, you, I mean, you can have good days and bad days. I mean, you can go in with the flu. Right. Okay. All right. Let's suppose you were triplets. You go in with the flu, and you, and it's a test you can only take once, which is true of some of these, you know, like the PSAT. Mm-hmm. And you said, I'm sure that that was a, no, a number that was unrepresentative of me. And it could be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you were barfing all over the paper or something, okay. What if you said, but I happen to be a part of a set of identical triplets? And they took it and they didn't have the flu and they got these scores which are higher, which is, by the way, pretty much like my scores and other things. I mean, we're allowed to use all these pieces of information. So somebody was saying, well, I only want to hire people who get do better than X, but, you know, if I adjust it, maybe you do. Yeah. Uh, that wouldn't be crazy. I mean, I. I couldn't tell you how much difference it would make, but at least occasionally it would make some difference. Uh, but nobody does it. I mean, like, what if you really knew how to do this? You could say, you know, I took a bunch of – I took 2,000 Italian draftees, and I now know a lot about their personality characteristics and so forth. And I just – I only kept the 1,000 that fight like Germans <laughs> or 500 or whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. Uh I said, and I got rid of, and the others I let go home. Uh, well, you know, that we might be able to do things like that. And if Although you're, in the next generation, you'll be even farther away from being able to fight like Germans. So, uh, well, if there aren't any out. Germans, that would certainly change things. Uh, or if they're Syrians or something. But, uh, but anyhow, yeah, there are things you could do. Now, um, now, by the way, all the theory necessary for this has been known for many years. I guarantee you, comp- I've never heard of a company that does it. Mm-hmm. Well. But aren't they aren't they you know pretty close to optimal? Wouldn't they do it if it makes? I said, there's all sorts of things that you know, including business tactics and other things that people don't do until somebody does it and proves it works and sort of crams it down their throat. Uh, yeah. I was talking about uh, you know leverage buyouts. I yeah. think they were legal a long time before they became common, and I think that you know with certain companies they would have been an effective tax strategy. Much let's say 30 years earlier than they actually did, but I don't think they were very rare. I'm not sure. I, I certainly never heard of them happening back that back in the 50s or something. As long as you have a fairly high uh, corporate uh, income tax rate, and as long as you don't have to, as long as you can deduct payments on debt, there's you know there's all else equal that could be an advantage. Or again, particularly if you have kind of a stable business where you don't have a huge lot of ups and downs, it's kind of embarrassing when you have a big down and you have to pay because with dividends you don't have to pay, of course, uh, not that year. Uh, yeah. Whereas with debt, they'll they'll get you if yeah. if you don't. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Future Strategist, and I'm especially grateful to the people who donated money to Greg's GoFundMe for this episode. Greg blogs at westhunt.wordpress.com, and I'm the author of Singularity Rising and Game Theory at Work. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider joining my Facebook group, which is called Future Strategist, and please consider giving this podcast a positive review wherever you listen to podcasts. Goodbye.